Yeah. I, I love on this one. I don't know why, but like maybe maybe I should knock on a million pieces of wood for this. But we've never uh, we've never even come close to forgetting to hit record on this. Yeah, one. yeah. Something something about it. Just how large the live symbol is. I guess that we. Yeah. I think one time we forgot to hit it, and then we got it within like five seconds. We're like, wait, no, didn't yeah. do it. Also, th- there's something more final about hitting record on this one because we only get to hit it once. So that's what it. Yeah, we we respect yeah. it a lot more than we did. All right, I'll bring us in. Uh, I'm just going to introduce the concept if you then want to say players or whatever. So, all right, three, two, one. Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and it is all star voting season. Voting opened up eight days ago, Gavin, and we still haven't talked about it yet. So, today we're going to lay out the cases for Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and who they might be fighting for a spot in the East. Yeah, we'll start off by going over our locks and and take you through how these two are going to have to compete with some longtime all-stars such as James Harden and uh, Jimmy Butler to get in. Do they both make it? Does only one? We'll tell you right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. We want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube or listening to us on your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate us. We appreciate you making a, us a part of your daily. No, routine, no, no. Be goodness. honest, Alex. We only we only appreciate us. You, you can only, <laughs> we appreciate you can only... us. <laughs> we, you know who we appreciate ourselves and who are we? <laughs> We're the ones who make the podcast. <laughs> I am Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's Light, the Strickland. He's Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And today we are breaking down Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle's cases to be all-stars. So uh, if people are not aware, voting started on December 20th. So that was uh, at the time that we're recording this, eight days ago, at the time you're listening, nine days ago. Uh, there will be returns of voting released on January 5th, January 12th, and January 19th. Prior to the final rosters being announced, I think the first week of February Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the all-star draft and all that good stuff. So starters will be announced. Then the coaches will select their reserves and yada, 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 so on and so forth. Gavin, our first part of this exercise before we get to uh, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, because outside of a huge, huge turnout on the part of Knicks fans uh, to get them to be starters, which no matter how good Knicks players are, it seems like there's never that huge of a voting turnout uh, dating back to Carmelo Anthony, at least like Carmelo was the last guy that would get enough votes consistently to be a starter, but had kind of more broad appeal outside of New York. Like Porzingis didn't make it as a starter. Uh, Julius Randle didn't make it as a starter a couple years ago. So it seems fairly unlikely that things will be able to shake down that way for the Knicks, especially with player and media voting factoring into the starters now. And we all know everybody hates the Knicks. Uh, so I think that there's uh, uh, there's going to be a solid number of players that we would consider locks for this. Uh, and so we each drew up our list of who we think the locks are. Uh, we actually were a little different, so I'll throw it to you first. Do you want to reveal who your locks are for all-star game status this year so far? Yeah, I would I would love to. So I have um, – and, and look, this was um, – I, I maybe should have incorporated the fan vote more given that obviously it's a, it's a pretty significant factor. I didn't really go off popularity. I went more off of like who I think deserves 
uh, to be the starters. And there's one interesting quirk in the Eastern Conference, and it's that between Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid, only three of those guys can be starters because of uh, positional designations, which I think is ridiculous because they're, they are clearly uh, the four best players in the East. It's not even close. I mean, all four of them are legitimate MVP candidates this year. Um, but unfortunately, one has to get moved to the bench because apparently uh, Jason Tatum or Kevin Durant could not play shooting guard in any world. So given that insanity, uh, my starters are uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. I know he's leading the league in scoring. I know we have a nice uh, little synergy with Sixers fans um, after we had uh, Keith Pompey and Devon Givens on, on the pod recently. Uh, so apologies to anyone who's stuck along and listened to us. It's just that Embiid has played a lot less games than all those other guys. But Alex, I also, um, on my bench, I have Embiid as a lock. I have Jalen Brown as a lock and I have Pascal Siakam as a lock. Um, I think, again, th- those four MVP guys are obvious. Donovan Mitchell's the face of the uh, third best team in the NBA has been ridiculous as a scorer this year. Halliburton, um, I think now Harden might've passed him, but first or second in the NBA and assists, hyper-efficient, put together some monster scoring games since Wally Serviak questioned his credentials. Jalen Brown, clear cut second best player on the best team in the East, 27 points per game, best season of his career. He absolutely deserves it. And, and as all Knicks fans know, Pascal Siakam, an absolute monster this year ridiculously versatile, uh, still a, a fearsome, flexible defender. Um, I, I just think those eight guys are, are pretty clear cut in my mind. But who did you who did you have different uh, for me? Yeah, I've got a I've got a slightly different list and I approach this less on my own opinion and more, I mm-hmm. guess, like scientifically. Like I always whenever I think about the All-Star game, I never necessarily think about like who are the best players. I always think about like the popularity contest aspect of it, because that's a huge part of the all-star game is just like, I mean, I, I still remember back to when I was a kid and like as much as I loved both these players, like Tracy McGrady and Allen Iverson in some of their latter years when they were like hurt and like not playing hardly at all, were leading the, the all-star voting into like, you know, the final two rounds of it or whatever. And it was just absurd. Uh, and you would have these guys that like, hadn't even played the whole season making the all-star game just based off popularity that still exists today there's still a lot of a lot of voting for guys that maybe necessarily aren't the best but have the popularity to buoy them especially in that fan vote so on that note my starters are trey young donovan mitchell kevin durant Giannis Antetokounmpo, and joel Embiid. i have jason tatum taking uh the first bench spot and then Jalen Brown as well. And Tyrese Halliburton, I think, also will get a nod. He's just kind of like everybody's favorite success story this year. Uh, will probably win most improved player. Seems like, you know, regardless of team performance, he's probably going to make it. Uh, my one wild card with all this. So I, I've got eight spots taken up just like you did. Hmm. I don't have Siakam as a lock. I think Siakam is roughly in the same category as Randall for reasons I'll get into when we start making our cases for that in the next segment. But uh, my one wild card is DeMar DeRozan. So I actually pulled last year's uh, last year's votes just so that we could see. So for those on YouTube, I'll, I'll flash some graphics here. For those listening, I'll, I'll just kind of read these off here. So backcourt in the Eastern Conference last year, DeMar DeRozan actually led the voting in the fan vote by a huge margin. Uh, he had 5.25 million fan votes compared to the next best guy, Trey Young, who had 2.7 million fan votes. And then Zach Levine with 2.5 million, James Harden with about 2.5 million. 
and then LaMelo Ball with $1.24 million. So that was how things shook down last year. So a huge, huge lead for DeRozan last year. And that's why I think even though DeRozan isn't having as good of a season this year, uh, you know, last year he was an MVP candidate at that time. The Bulls were like the number one team in the East at that particular moment in time when voting was commencing. So people were very high on DeRozan and the Bulls. So I don't think that's going to necessarily repeat itself this year, but he might throw a wrench in things. And, you know, if he gets even half that turnout, as we could see from how things shook down last year, that might still be good enough to make him a starter, in which case that would probably send Donovan Mitchell to the bench, which I think is a guaranteed spot because of how well he's played and how well the Cavs have played this year, which could then potentially lower the amount of available spots to just three, which brings me to, I mean, maybe this is a whole other show, but like, I don't understand how the all-star game hasn't been expanded to 15 players yet. Like Mm -hmm. just fit a few more guys in. Come on. It's all fun and games. Anyway, who cares about gatekeeping it so much to 12 players, but whatever. Um, There's just so much talent in the league. It feels a shame to leave so many guys off every single year. Anyway, I figured I would also just give justification for my other numbers that I brought up. So uh, the East front court votes last year, we had Kevin Durant leading the way with 6.8 million. Uh, Giannis with about six and a half million votes. Joel Embiid was third with 4.3 million. And then the reason I didn't have Tatum in that top category is because he was a distant fourth with about 2 million votes. So I don't know. I don't know what it is that Tatum didn't get a ton of votes last year. I think it was, it was, it wasn't like the Celtics were pretty bad in the first half of last year. Like they were borderline a playoff team and, and Tatum was, like he was having a weirdly poor season at, at this yeah. point last year. I guess that could be it. I, I'm I'm just I don't know. I I would need to see evidence in the first voting returns that he has supplanted the possible MVP of this year in Joel Embiid before I'd be willing to like say hmm. okay. I think that could happen. Um, and then lastly, I just pulled up the the West uh, backcourt voting for last year just to demonstrate. Uh, Donovan Mitchell did pretty well in that category had about 800,000 votes, which placed him uh, all in all, like in the overall standings, once you factored in media and fan and player votes and fans and all that made him the fifth overall guy last year. Um, And then also DeJounte Murray, who we'll talk about in a minute too, uh, wound up making the all-star game based off of the uh, media and player vote. uh, Although he didn't do well at all with the fans only had 300,000 votes, but he was also, with the Spurs last year on a not particularly great team. So uh, something else to consider, but Gavin, yeah, that's where basically where my case comes down to. So I think that there's four, potentially three spots open, depending on how DeRozan does this year versus how he did last year. But I I think we're both in agreement. It's going to be a pretty tough road for Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle to make the all-star game considering the massive amount of talent that we're about to get into that is going to be vying for those remaining four spots. Yeah. Well, let's go through it. But before we do, I, I I would be remiss if I didn't try to save everyone listening some money. This, this podcast is free, but unfortunately some other stuff that that might not be providing you the same value in your life is not free. So if your new year's goal is to manage your budget better and save money, you need rocket money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app, finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. 
Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just one show on or that free trial you've never, ever used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscription for you so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of the button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Man, I, I won't mention the name, but I was subscribed to a certain newspaper in the past. And I was on a deal where they charged me $4 a month. And then the fifth month, they went all the way up to $28, which is absurd. And I, I didn't cancel it in time because I just, I forgot about it. I didn't, I didn't check my Google Calendar reminders. Uh, that would never have happened with Rocket Money. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MBA. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MBA. All right, Alex, we are back. Let's start getting into it, right? All right. So we we are gonna run through the numbers and then we're gonna well let, let's just we can kind of go step by step. We can we can build our way up from sort of like the eh, iffy contenders to the bigger ones. So uh Jalen Brunson on the year 34 games on the season uh, is averaging 20 points, six and a half assists, three rebounds, shooting 46% from the field, 37% from three, 87% from the foul line. He's never made an all-star game before the Knicks are 18 and seven in sixth place in the Eastern conference. Um, Jalen Brunson is also a 14th in value above replacement player and 13 or excuse me, 14th in win shares, 13th in value above replacement player. Julius Randle, 35 games, 23 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists on 47% shooting from the field, 34% from 3, 76.5% from the line. He's made one previous All-Star team. The team is, again, 18-7. and seven. He's 7th in the Eastern Conference in win shares, ninth in value above replacement players. So that we can, we can get into all that in just a sec, but uh, depending on how much you want to value those stats or not value those stats, it was fascinating to me that they painted uh, Julius Randle as a superior player uh, to Jalen Brunson. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm looking really quick at 538's uh, Raptors rating, which I, I don't know how much value to assign that because they have Austin Reeves is better than LeBron James. So, you know, we're just going to skip that all together. Um, <laughs> so let's, let, let's, let's eliminate some guys right off the bat. Um, I'm going to first go to the Wizards trio, Alex, of Bradley Beal, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis putting up 22.9, two and a half. Kuzma, 22.8, three and a half. Uh, Beal, 23 and a half, four and five. All numbers that are pretty much in line with Brunson and Randall. But I kind of think even though the Knicks have a, have a better adjacent supporting cast, you have to look at the Wizards and say, all right, there are three of those guys there. And yet the team is still fairly deplorable, 14 and 21. So that puts them four games behind the Knicks. I just, I, I don't. Can you justify any of those three guys being all stars ahead of either Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson? No, I, I yeah, that's where I come down on those guys too. And and this will be a somewhat consistent theme for me. Like clearly, once it gets to the point of the reserves, team performance matters. It always does. Like and narratives matter and all that stuff. Like the reality is, nobody cares enough about the Wizards to elect one of these three guys an all star, even if their numbers paint a picture that maybe they should be um funny enough i think the only guy that sort of scares me is the guy that that probably deserves it the least based off you know the fact that he's missed about 10 games compared to his two contemporaries uh, and that's bradley beal 
And mostly just because, and it's another thing that will be sort of a consistent theme as I discuss all this is like, I think that the all-star game is very much a grandfathered in sort of thing where guys that have made previous all-star games tend to get sort of the benefit of the doubt. And I think there is something to be said, like the all-star game is entertainment, you know, and I think that the coaches and the powers that be in the NBA understand that. And I think that that does influence who makes it sometimes versus who doesn't, where you see some like legacy guys make the team over perhaps a more deserving breaking out younger player or whatever. Uh, because it's like, well, but the fans really want to see so-and-so because they're there every year. And, you know, even if they have missed some time this year, like they played well enough in their time that that they have played that, you know, they, they probably deserve the nod. I think maybe we've seen that get a little better over recent years. Like I think the talent has been getting rewarded over, you know, legacy uh, more so in recent years, which has been a nice little thing to see. But I think still – you know, coaches might look at Beal and be like, oh, Bradley Beal, of course he should make it because he's a three-time all-star and he's playing well this year and averaging like 25 a game, whatever. Um, but all in all, I fall in the same in the same you know jurisdiction that you do. So on our little list here that we're looking at, I'm going to move them, all three of them, into the eliminated section because I don't think that any of them would give uh, Brunson or Randall a real run for their money, especially when the Knicks are a pretty good success story right now. Another guy I want to instantly knockout of contention that we did write down here because he is having a good year you know deserves to be acknowledged for it. but uh Bojan Bogdanovic on the Pistons in 35 games he's averaged 21 three and a half and two and a half on like really really good shooting like 50 percent overall uh, he's been almost 50 40 90 club which is crazy yeah. um almost 50 percent from the field 41 percent from three 90 percent from the free throw line but he has no previous all-star you know appearances and most damningly, his team record is 8-28, and 28, which is no fault of his own, but I think it's pretty easy to look at that and say, look, he might be being really efficient or whatever, but he's obviously getting such a grand opportunity because he's on one of the worst teams in the NBA. Uh, so that's why he's getting even the opportunity to be a, you know, a, a 20, what was it, 21, three and a half and two and a half guy. So I'm going to just knock him off the list because team performance-wise, he's not doing it for me. So I, I think yeah. that he can safely be locked, knocked off there. Ter- a terrible defender, even relative to someone like Jalen Brunson, too. And I, I will say real quick, statistically, as, as I kind of rolled through those real quick, I think it's worth acknowledging, like, Beal has better stats than Jalen Brunson. Like, he he just does. Like, you can you could look at them next to each other. It's it's pretty clear. Um, but he's played 11 less games. So that's that that to me is why like Beal loses some steam there. And maybe by the time like final voting is done, like that is a little bit closer in terms of a proportion of the team's total games, especially with Brunson out um, for at least a little bit right now for the Knicks. Um, and then Kuzma and Porzingis, I would say like they're they're better defensively than Brunson, but just neither of them is, is nearly the creator that he is. And then defensively, like I think they're I mean, maybe I, you could probably put Kuzma in a different category. And I know, not that I've watched a ton of wizards this year, but I know Porzingis is having a really nice season as a rim protector. Um, but I would say the defense Randall's been playing lately is right in the mix with those two. While offensively, he's clearly been the best player of them. And then, and then you throw in the record. Um, another, I'll, I'll, I'll throw three more guys that I think we can, we can take out pretty quickly before it starts getting really, really tough. Um, let's say, uh, let's throw out Tyler hero, right? who statistically, um, much to my chagrin as a, as a hero hater, is having a great year, right? 21, 6, and 4, 45% from the field, 39% from three, 91% from the line. Um, but the Heat 
are a game worse than the Knicks. And Hero, I would say, is clearly the third contender on that team behind a Jimmy Butler, behind a Bam Adebayo. And you throw in that Hero's played eight less games than Brunson, nine less games than Randall. I think we can wipe him off. Um, Kyrie is statistically, um, and in terms of his quality of basketball, um, he's just he's, he's been a better player this year than Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. There's no question about that. But given the, I, I would say, relatively extreme uh, pal, he's, Pill, he's cast over the nets. Um, cloud, cloud. I know that's a word. Um, cloud that he's cast over the nets. Um, I, I'm not sh- like. And look, they're winning now. And there's a world where Kyrie, Alex, just off of popularity, though maybe that's taking a dip now, gets in. But I, I just can't imagine um, with with everything else that's going on there. And then last guy I'll throw out is OG Ananobi, who has, has arguably been the best defensive player in all of basketball this year. So he, he deserves consideration off of that. He's also averaging a very efficient 19 points and six rebounds a game. But his team is four games under 500. And again, just doesn't bear even close to the creation responsibility of a Randall or Brunson. Out of the group of everyone I just said, I think if I were a neutral observer, I would say OG probably has the best case of – of those guys, but what what do you think of that group? Are there any real contenders that are knock off either Brunson or Randall? Uh, I think I'm with you on Hero. First off, you know, great statistics, but ultimately he's a scorer off the bench. And there, to your point, there are two guys that are better candidates on his team. And the Heat have been a relative disappointment this year, mm-hmm. uh, given the expectations that they've set. You know, as being one of the top seeds in the East for a number of years to be 500 almost halfway through the season now is not a great mark to set. Now, granted, maybe they go on a heater over the next month, and that really affects how the coaches would vote pun in, on their pun players. Intended there or, or no? What's that? You said a heater. A heater. Uh, I didn't mean the. I didn't mean to make a pun, but sometimes I just quickly. Sometimes one. I just gotcha. do it. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So I think as of right now, we can we can mark hero off, and even in a scenario where the the Heat knock off like ten straight wins in a row, I could see that becoming, okay, now Butler, not a bio, make it more mm. so than hero making it. Cause again, it's like your third fiddle on a really good team in that case. And you know, it's, it's so rare that we see more than even like two guys make it off a single team anymore with the amount of talent, especially in the East this year, they're going to want to spread it out. Some, uh, Ananobi is actually the next guy that I would knock off. Even if I think there's a decent case for one thing, as Rudy Gobert said for years, people don't give a crap about defense when it comes to voting for all-stars. Uh, so, you know, his numbers aren't flashy enough to be like, yeah, he's for sure an all-star on a team that's below 500. And, of course, the below 500 part is a huge thing of it with the coach voting. Uh, also, to your point, you know, he's he's not even the third highest creation guy on his team because you've got Siakam and Van Vliet there as well, yeah. who carries a huge creation, you know, burden with that team. So, even if he's having a really good year, I think uh, I think that he's off the list for me. Kyrie, I mean, look, the I don't. Stats like the, are crazy. They're yeah, really really good. I don't like the guy at all. Let's let's just make that clear first. So I'm a little biased, and so I want to say like he should not be in there at all. That said, it would not completely surprise me because if we're talking about what I was talking about before, where I think that whether it's explicitly said or not i think that the case is that you know even when it comes down to the coaches vote they're still sort of being pushed in a certain direction of like let's get the fans favorite players out there or whatever let's get a lot of big time former all-stars whatever and look i think Kyrie's lost a lot of fans this year 
um, maybe has also gained some fans and some less savory uh, corners of the world or whatever. But uh, he's a seven-time All-Star, and he's putting up really good numbers. And if they're willing to overlook the fact that he's played about 10 games less than a number of his contemporaries here, then he might have a case and might end up making it. Um, that said, I I kind of wonder if the league – so if the league has any say in this whatsoever, I kind of wonder if they're going to sort of give like an unofficial memo to the coaches and be like, let's maybe not make Kyrie Irving an all-star and give him that platform this year, given everything that's gone on. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But as of right now, I would say he's probably out. Um, and and we could probably now we're getting into, I think, the more serious contenders um, as far as the guys that could really. So now. All right. So as we get into our last segment here. Uh, we are going to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys. So we're going to have to make a case for three or four spots for uh, amongst this whole uh, opening in the in the All Star roster here. But before we do that, I just got to uh, do a quick little PSA here. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride? Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. None of those things sound good to me. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. And especially keep this in mind with New Year's Eve coming up. Obviously a big drinking holiday. Drive sober. Or get pulled over. All right, Gavin, we're back to finish up this episode. And we're going to make our final cases here. We're going to determine once and for all. Just kidding. It's not going to be once and for all at all. Whether uh, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson can be all-stars this year. Uh, so we're getting into the into the real thick of it here. Where this these are like the really serious candidates. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure where to start. I think I'll start with the guy that I think... Well, all right, two guys that I think maybe are the easiest to potentially knock off here and give the nod to Julius or Brunson, uh, and that would be DeJounte Murray and Bam Adebayo. Uh, oh, both of them, Yeah, yeah both, both, both of them play on 17 and 17 teams. Uh, and, and again, this is going to come into the, the legacy thing that I was talking about a second ago, when, when the one guy that I think you think maybe should have been knocked off quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Murray... And Adebayo, both on 17 and 17 teams right now. Uh, Bam's averaging like 21, 10, uh, 21 points, 10 rebounds, three and a half assists, shooting 53% from the field, 84% from the free throw line. He has made one previous all-star game. Uh, DeJounte Murray is averaging uh, 20 points, six assists, five rebounds, shooting 45%, 35% from three, and 84% from the free throw line. He also has one previous all-star game appearance. I just think if these guys' teams don't improve, uh, that there's like if they don't if they don't go on a run of some sort, there is another guy from each of their teams that would already make the All Star game, which would be Jimmy Butler for the Heat and Trey Young for the Hawks, 
And even if I think maybe, you know, because of games played and everything, maybe Bam Adebayo even has a better case in a vacuum than Jimmy Butler does. Uh, I think that just based off legacy that, that Butler and Trey and, you know, popularity and everything else, they would end up being the ones as sort of the faces of their respective franchises that would make the all-star game to represent their teams. And I think that the coaches would have a hard time putting a second all-star from each of those teams onto the team. If, you know, the, if it's like, both teams are around 500 at that time. And this is going to come up when I talk about the Knicks too, uh, because I, I don't think that there's very likely a world where both Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle could make the all-star team because of those same reasons. I just don't think that coaches reward teams that are not like next level good, like top three seed in their conference with more than one all-star typically. Uh, so I think that that might come into play here. And I think that's why Adebayo and Murray would probably be the next guys I would knock off. Yeah, I, I agree with you on DeJounte Murray, but I think it's tough for me to get there with Bam. And maybe this is, this is slightly hypocritical just cause like for both DeJ- like DeJounte, just a dramatically better defensive player than Jalen Brunson is. And, and Bam, even though Julius has been better of late, like we can't, like when we're having this conversation, like, I mean, I guess like like the pro is like, we know the best of Julius, but we also know the worst of Julius, right? Like there was still 15, 16 games this year where the guy just didn't give a crap defensively. And and if I'm being, I, I, I know this is part prediction, part like us arguing what's warranted, but if I'm being as objective as possible, like I'm going to throw that out there that Julius like really struggled on that end of the floor. And, and look, I haven't watched every Miami Heat game this year, but Bam Adebayo generally dominates on that end of the floor. So you can, you can certainly make an argument that both these guys um, have cases over their Knicks counterparts where I would have to go Trey, um, not Trey, where I would have to go um, Jalen over DeJounte is just what, what an influence he has on a possession by possession basis. Like, like I, I think the fact that he's averaging one and a half assists more than DeJounte Murray doesn't really capture the, the difference in terms of the cascading impact that he has. We're, we're, we've seen the last couple of games where Brunson hasn't shot well. Like, even though he's not necessarily getting assists on some plays, he's getting constant hockey assists and, and is constantly putting the other, the other team's defense on tilt. And on the Hawks, that's just because of the way they operate. That is Trey Young more often than not. And DeJounte is getting kind of the opportunity to attack off of another creator. And look, Brunson gets that sometimes, especially of late with how RJ Barrett and how Julius Randle are playing. But it's it's hard to underestimate the extent to which Brunson just kept the Knicks afloat early in this season when those two guys were not rolling and, and Quentin Grimes wasn't playing yet. So I think Brunson deserves some reward for that. For Bam, I think I would have to, I, I personally think he probably deserves it a little bit more than Julius Randle in terms of effective field goal percentage. Julius has been the slightly more efficient player. He's scored more points. He's got more rebounds and he's averaged uh, just slightly more assists, but those are all so close to each other. And Bam is such a better defender. I think I would, I would lean Bam, but man, those are, those are tough conversations. For me, I think more so than Bam versus Julius, it more comes down to Bam versus Jimmy Butler. I think that's mm-hmm. where, our differences are like if I was just looking at it, like does Bam deserve to get in more than Julius Randall? I'd say probably yes. Yeah. But if I'm looking at it in terms of could Bam break through and be a second all-star on his team when his team is 500, I just can't see it. And, and it's like, so do I see him getting in above Jimmy Butler? 
and Jimmy Butler is a six-time all-star, like has been, especially since he's been with the Heat, considered to be one of the premier players in the NBA, honestly, like very under the radar, but definitely has earned that distinction at this point. Uh, I just, I can't really see it personally. Um, Now that said, in a minute here, I might also be ruling out Julius Randle because I don't think that he can do enough to get over Brunson as well, just because narrative, you know, as much as we don't want it to play a part in this, it does. Uh, But for now, for all intents and purposes, I'm going to move Bam to the eliminated pile here. So now we're down to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys vying for four spots uh, with Jalen and Julius still included. I'm going to, I think it's time to start saying who we think is going to get these spots now. Uh, and I want to throw two names out there to start with. I think two guys that end up making it, uh, barring any further injuries or anything, is going to be James Harden and Jimmy Butler. Uh, and actually, I just got to throw Trey Young in there too, because I have Trey Young as a starter. But if he doesn't make it as a starter, he's going to be on the bench, period. I mean, I just yeah. think that, you know, all three of those guys. So James Harden so far, he's only played in 19 games, but. He's a 10-time All-Star. Uh, the Sixers are one of the best teams in the East, and they're rising right now. So if they continue on that rise and they continue playing well, by the time that All-Star, you know, by the time that the starters are finished up and then it comes time for coach voting, if they're, like, you know, even better than they are now, which they're currently uh, at 20 and 13, and uh, you noted the Sixers are 12 and 7 in his games, but so they're 20 and 13 right now. If they end, like, I don't know. I don't know how many more games between now and then, but if they're like 30 or so, yeah, yeah, if they're like 30 and 17 or something like they definitely deserve two all-stars at that point. And who else would it be but Harden and Embiid? Uh, So I think that Harden's going to make it because his averages are great too: 22 points, 11 assists, six and a half rebounds uh, shooting really well from the floor. You know, we've, we've had a, a firsthand, you know, encounter with the guy recently. So we know how that goes. Jimmy Butler, you know, I just think if the Heat get one all-star, it's going to be him. Six-time previous all-star. Again, there's going to be some unspoken implication of this guy's a huge fan favorite. You know, he's going to put butts in seats. Like, people want to see Jimmy Butler in the all-star game. Uh, as long as he doesn't miss any more games, he does only have 21 games played so far, which, again, puts him like 10 less than a lot of people. Uh, if he doesn't miss any between now and then, I think there's a good chance that he ends up making it as well. So I would put him in my guaranteed pile. I don't know if you, you'll feel any different in a sec here. And then Trey Young, for reasons I already mentioned, like I just think he's the all-star off the Hawks. At 27 points, 10 assists, three rebounds, you know, shooting not that great compared to, you know, his previous years, but he has two previous all-star game appearances. I think he's going to make it as a starter just based off how votes went last year. But if he doesn't, they will put him in the all-star game just because he's a legacy guy now at this point. He's, you know, people love him versus Luca, you know, out of that draft class and all this other crap. You know, there's just so many narrative things that go into Trey Young being an all star that I think it's going to be him. And so, if that is the case, Gavin, uh, barring a DeMar DeRozan giant leap, you know, like leaping into the starting lineup again somehow, uh, that would either fill it if DeRozan manages to get in, in my, uh, you know, all-star scenario here or leave one spot open, but I'll throw it to you as, as far as where you're feeling things are. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on both Harden and Butler. I I, I just think they get in. Uh, Butler, um, despite to your point, missing a lot of time, still a killer on defense. Uh, super efficient season. Normally a terrible three point shooter. And look, he's only taking two per game, but he, he's shooting thirty seven percent from three. He's shooting fifty three percent from the floor. That's that's kind of crazy. Like when you think about how efficient um, Julius Randle has been this year, and Julius is only at forty seven percent from the floor. Granted, you you throw three point. Uh, volume in there uh butler's only slightly 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 more efficient than julius is on the year but but you consider his defense you consider just how consistent he is game in and game out relative to someone like randall who who has been that over the last 12 games of the season but over the full 35 or so has not necessarily been that for the knicks um i i think jimmy legitimately like if if he if he doesn't miss any more games he deserves it i think if he has another five or six game stretch where he misses time he might be out just because he's only played 21 games. Same with Harden. He's only played 19 games. So I would I would maybe bank when all is said and done, one of those guys not making it just because like either they're not healthy at the time or they just don't get enough games in. But as far as their stats, as far as their merit, they're in. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stake my claim right here. Maybe I, I kind of agree with you. I think he ultimately gets in. Trey Young does not deserve to make the all-star team over Jalen Brunson. Um, he has been atrocious from an efficiency standpoint this year, just 41% from the field, 32% from three. Um, and then just the, the chaos that, that seems to follow the guy. I mean, chaos, chaos is overstating it, right? He's not, he's not Kyrie Irving, but like he had, like he missed a game, like for having an argument with Nate McMillan. I, my feeling has always been that he is disliked by his teammates. And that is a very strong thing to throw out there from someone who, is not in that locker room and is not covering the team. So that's, it's unfair in that sense. And let me clarify that not as a human being, but I think he is basketball disliked by those guys. He is hard to play with because he is so ultra ball dominant, but Alex, unlike a Luka Doncic who justifies it with his efficiency, Trey shoots terribly and still hogs the basketball. Like, like him averaging 10 assists, I think is a false indicator of his unselfishness. While Jalen Brunson is beloved, and I, I know that's not something that you can capture in, in, in VORP or to, to quote Zach Lowe, Schnorp or whatever advanced statistic you want to throw out there, but Brunson is a leader. His teammates love him. The guy has gutted it out through injuries all season long. So in my fake all-star team, Jalen Brunson makes it over Trey Young every time. Uh, real quick, uh, for me, the guy who is in that Trey Young spot on my team is Siakam. Um, I have Harden and Butler in there. Um, so I think that leaves two spots. And I would say when it's all said and done, probably I would put in DeMar DeRozan. And then I think I would give it to Jalen Brunson over the one last guy we haven't mentioned yet. And that's Darius Garland. I'll let you talk through him. But Alex, on, on paper, Garland's resume and Brunson's resume are remarkably similar. Um, the 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 separators nominally would be that the Cavs are quite a bit better than the Knicks. They're four games better. Um, but Brunson has clearly been more important to the Knicks success than Garland has been to the Cavs success. And Brunson has played in five more games. Yeah, I think, I think that Garland has a really great case as well. I mean, it's, it's tough because the other thing is that they're going to want to spread out the, you know, the, the nominations as far as like it almost make it even as far as guards versus bigs and whatever, which, then, you know, kind of complicates things because it's like if things went how I think where it's Tatum, Brown, Halliburton, you know, that are kind of like the locks to be on the bench, then it's like, all right, well, so Tatum is the only like quote unquote big out of those guys. So then like 
if the other guys are Harden, Butler, Trey, then like, are they going to want to go with the big? So would that be Siakam? You know, would that be Randall over a Brunson? I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards, you know, like Garland, man, it's tough because I want to be with you on the Trey thing. I just can't see it not happening. Like if I'm looking at it through like, like my, my realism glasses more so than like by what I value glasses. Like I just can't see a world where a guy averaging almost 30 a game in 10 assists, regardless of how inefficient he is with the level of popularity that he's achieved and everything at this point. Like, I just don't think the league would let him not make the all-star game at this point. Cause they'd be like, no, again, butts and seats. He's very, very, very popular. And this is even if he doesn't make it as a starter, which if I'm a betting man, I think he does make it as a starter uh, just based off that popularity. Uh, if, he does make it as a starter and then that opens up two spots in my thing here. Uh, then I can maybe see Brunson making it along with Siakam and the case for Brunson, you know, sort of like you're alluding to kind of comes down to like narrative, um, you know, and just like what he means to the team that he went to the turnaround that he's helped guide. Now, again, if the Knicks go on a massive losing streak, like if this continues and they, you know, the eight game win streak is a huge thing of the past at that point, And they have not kept up with at least being like a 500 team and are like four or five games under 500 by the time that the reserves are getting voted on and announced. I could see him missing it because then it's like, well, what was his impact? Really? This is basically the same as how this team was last year around this time. Uh, but if the Knicks are like a solid four or five games above 500, by the time that those reserves get announced, I think that Brunson gets it. Just as long as he's he hasn't missed significant time or whatever by then, which I doubt he will, uh, then I, I think that he does get the nod. And they say, you know what? He's meant so much to this team. He's playing a position that they needed for so long, uh, you know, and uh, is finally, you know, giving them the point guard production that the fan base and the team and everything have been wanting for so long. We should give it to him because, you know, he's he's a great story this year and and people like great stories, so. I think that's where I'm at. But overall takeaway here, Gavin, there's so much freaking talent and also like legacy guys that are up for these Eastern all-star spots this year that it's going to be really brutal. And I think that we should probably steal ourselves up for a potential world where neither Jalen Brunson nor Julius Randle make it. All right, real real quick, let's just let's just give our our final team. So my my final team that is 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 half projection, maybe half uh Half who I would have um, is Tyrese Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Bench, Joel Embiid, Jalen Brown, Pascal Siakam, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, and making it over both Trey Young and Kyrie Irving, even though as I say that out loud, I can't imagine it will actually happen that way, is is Jalen Brunson. But Alex, what, what what's your what's your final roster here? My final team starters didn't change. I don't think DeRozan is going to crack it though I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, again, even if he pulls half the vote he did last year, he could be a starter this year, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it'll be Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid starting, and then off the bench, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, that brings me to eight. Eight. So yeah. then nine would be James you Harden. Don't, ten. You don't have DeRozan would, in there yet. If you, yeah, I, ten, I don't know if you, he's going to, but. No, nine, nine would be James Harden, 10 would be Jimmy Butler, 11 would be Jalen Brunson, and 12 would be Pascal Siakam. I think that's mm-hmm. my team right there. Um, I, I would leave DeRozan off. Uh, you know, I think he's having a, a great year statistically, but if the Bulls continue to be 
five, six games under 500 by the time the all-star voting rolls around, which there's no indication to say that they won't be, then, you know, how, how do you justify that? You know, like, yeah, he's having a great statistical season, but the team is trash. So, you know, kind of hard to make a case for him at that point. So, yeah. and, and I think that that's the stuff that the coaches value is guys playing on good teams. So team record dependent, you know, if the bulls really turn it around, they're like four games over 500 by the time of that, then maybe, but otherwise I don't think so. Yeah. I think, I think to your, the Knicks are going to have to be more like the eight game winning streak team uh, than the four game losing streak team. But mm-hmm. on that happy note, uh, we will wrap up this edition of the locked on Knicks podcast. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, Alex will have you for your Spurs recap tomorrow and then much more content coming down the road. Uh, but I, I think this is the last time I'm going to talk to everyone before it happens. So uh, happy new year to everyone. And uh, Alex, maybe, maybe you'll make, uh, a further note of, of this next podcast, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, this was uh, our easily our most listened to year ever. Um, so I'm not going to belabor the point because we're already deep into this podcast, but uh, it means, it means the world to all of us. And, and, and we're glad uh, so many of you uh, told us you enjoyed it and we're, we're going to, we're going to try and be even better next year. But until then he's Alex, I'm Gavin. We'll talk to you soon. I'm locked on Knicks.